Welcome to Movies at Midnight Podcast, the show where we discuss movies that we've watched and do some traveling inspired by their locations or their themes. I'm Tanya. And I'm Jorge. And today we're talking about 2016's Hush. Short. (laughs) (laughs) By a director whose work I really love. I love Haunting of Hill House and Blind Manor and especially Midnight Mass, which makes a what do you call it cameo drop name drop yeah sure pre pre cameo before it even existed as an entity yeah who knew we all knew that midnight mass was a thing before (laughs) the show came out which if you haven't seen it you should check it out definitely so yeah this is a suspenseful home invasion horror and not your not your typical home invasion thriller just uh, only in the sense that our main character is deaf and mute So when I think, I guess kind of like when we were talking about the strangers, the main characters might always be like, don't do this, pleading for their lives, like, help me. And in this movie, like the character can't do that or isn't like doing that either. Like, like we don't see her going like this to the killer. So she can't speak, but she can use sign language, but she's not really like at least telling the audience but she gonna sign to her killer? We do see her write some, you know, write the killer a message on yeah. on the glass. Like that's what I mean in the sense of not typical because that isn't there. At the same time, the killer isn't going like on a ma- monologue, like "Oh, I was wronged, and this is why I'm doing these things." And likewise, you caused this, or you're... we don't yeah. get that dialogue between. Perhaps he's just one of those people who wants to see the world burn. <laughs> I have thoughts about him a little bit later. It's unique. It's tight and quick. And you like the character, Maddie, the main character. Oh, I like the neighbor too. You like all the characters except the killer maybe. I mean, the other characters, we don't really get to learn a whole lot. They... I like the neighbor a lot. I thought she showed her personality a great deal in the few minutes that she was given. Yeah, and no, an- another cool thing that I thought of this film was the absence of jump scares uh, a little bit where so the way they filmed it is intentionally putting the audience into the shoes of Maddie where we can hear her like cooking and food sizzling and all of a sudden it puts us in her mind body soul and the sound goes away and now we're seeing things through her eyes yeah, that was like the opening opening shot of her cooking and then they take the sound away and I thought that was a really smart way of telling us right off the bat that she's at least deaf and you do that without any words. So I like that. You don't have the neighbor coming over being like, hello, my deaf and mute neighbor. I'm your neighbor, remember? And you are also an author. Although, I mean, she's reading her book. It was, it was a, uh, a natural enough introduction for me. Likewise, the killer can't scare her with noise like sometimes we you know hear windows breaking or something where it's like something jumps out and maybe there's like one or two throughout the film but it's like that isn't there because the main character she wouldn't be scared of sound so i thought that was really clever that they chose different ways of scaring us 
That just made me think, do you think this would be a good film for people who don't like horror films or are afraid of or don't like jump scares? I mean, aside from the gore, because it does get a bit gory at the end. Mm -hmm. Maybe it'd be a good introduction. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, if if you know someone who doesn't like the jump scares or thinks they're cheesy, maybe have them watch this one and see what they think. Because as a woman, you're like, that's too real. That's not (laughs) not scary. What are we even doing? So I'm going to do the summary. I'll put up a timestamp for when you can skip it. But let's get into it. Maddie, a deaf and mute author, lives a solitary life preferring to live alone in a house in the woods. Same. Friend and neighbor Sarah stops by to return her latest book, Midnight Mass. She invites Maddie to join her in watching a movie with her boyfriend, but Maddie declines wanting to continue work on her latest novel. Later that night, Sarah returns bloody and frantic. She is pursued by a masked killer with a crossbow, but Maddie does not notice and her friend is murdered. The killer then watches Maddie. He realizes that she is deaf and determines to kill her next. He sneaks into her home, stealing her phone, then cutting the power. Now seemingly completely defenseless, the killer mouths to Maddie that he can kill her whenever he wants, but wants to have some fun first. He takes off his mask, revealing his face. The cat and mouse game begins. However, Maddie proves herself resourceful and cunning, disrupting the killer's plans multiple times. When Sarah's boyfriend John stops by, looking for Sarah, he is tricked and murdered by the killer. When the killer makes his way into the house, deciding he has taken too much damage, wanting to end the game, the two have a brutal physical fight, ending when Maddie stabs the killer in the neck with a corkscrew. Maddie calls the police and sits on her porch, awaiting their arrival. These, uh, more action-y films where it's like, and then she jumps out the window, and then she runs through the door, and then she gets chased back in. I feel like, yeah, I'm not getting into all that. <laughs> <laughs> so it makes the summary much faster, mm-hmm. which I appreciate. We open with a shot of the trees, and we zoom into her home, and she's in the forest, and all, and all I could think was, God, I want to live there. <laughs> I know there's a murderer law lurking about but that looks nice yeah i mean it's a really nice looking cabin house or whatever in in the woods which reminds me of like the carrie bradshaw like how can she afford a fourth avenue apartment in new york city writing columns oh she had like a bestseller midnight mass was it did they say it was a best i don't know i actually don't know because when i was reading the wikipedia summary just to you know fill out any gaps they're throwing out all this information i was like was that there they're like she's a bestseller critically acclaimed midnight mass she just moved from new york city and i'm like her sister only said the city correct like who said it was new york city (laughs) all the background stuff that they don't tell you but maybe written in uh, yeah maybe character's profile so there you go she is uh from new york and well i don't know it's wikipedia i'm just saying that's what they said maybe Mm -hmm. the director gave some uh interviews and that's where they got their information from or maybe they made the whole thing up let's hope that midnight mass is in her kentucky blood and that's the last (laughs) yeah her best and last novel Sorry, that just reminded me, I'm rewatching uh, The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel in preparation, not preparation, it's already out, the new season, but there's a painter on it and he never sells any of his work and he made like, there's this myth about this painting that he made and it's like the best thing he's ever done, but no one's really ever seen it, except Jackson Pollock who wanted to quit painting afterwards. Anyways, he showed it to the main, the main person in the, in the show and he's like, this is the best thing I've ever made in my life and ever will make. 
why would I sell this kind of a thing? Like, this is my soul. But I was like, oh, that's depressing as an artist to be like, in your head, you kind of either you know or you've like resigned yourself to the fact that I've made my best work. That's terrifying. As an artist, like, that's a terrifying feeling. If I ever make something that I'm like, this is it. I don't know, that just scares me. <laughs> like, what am I going to do? Am I going to, is there still going to be that drive? Am I going to have the thought process that I can, like, maybe I can make something better? And I'm, and may, am I going to be chasing that for the rest of my life? You got to chase your white whale, I suppose. Stressful. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, I guess it's good to be stressed about things like that. Or maybe then, you know, you can retire and be like, I paid my dues to society. You pass the baton to that's, the next generation of artists. That's when you die. Anyway, sorry, off topic. <laughs> what were we talking about? Oh, her book. <laughs> if it is Midnight Mass, the show, brava. It is so good. <laughs> yeah, but her, um, her neighbor comes over and she had just finished the book and gives it to her. And yeah, she like drops the names, which I saw this uh, before. I think I've seen this once before and obviously before Midnight Mass came out. So I didn't realize or ever connect it. But she's talking about the characters, Aaron and Riley. And I'm like, oh my God, those are the characters. I'm like, you're talking to Aaron right now and you're in it too and you <laughs> suck, but I like you here. <laughs> she's the uh, uber religious one who's like, loves father. And she's like, oh, you killed someone? No problem, we'll just hide that. But yeah, Maddie asks her about the book. Like, oh, did you like it? And she sits down. I'm like, oh, as an artist. That's a good sign. You're like, tell me, did you like it? And they're like, I need to sit. Mm -hmm. But they're signing, and I thought it was really sweet because she's the neighbor. Sarah is like, I'm working on it. I'm learning. I'm getting better. I feel that struggle as a fellow person trying to learn a new language. Um, but at one point, she's like, she says you're a good storyteller, but she signs kisser. <laughs> and I was like, Maddie. She's making a pass at you. Come on. <laughs> so fly. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. They set up the fire alarm, which comes into play later. It's super loud. It has a light, and it goes off because She Matt was cooking? Yeah, Maddie was cooking, and it looked like an amazing meal. She had, like, lamb, a rack of yeah, lambs. Do you have like a rack? Those, like, lollipop lamb. Yeah. Pieces of meat with the bone. But Sarah takes it out of the oven puts in the sink and pours water on it and i was like why did you do that i could have salvaged those i like a little burnt it's not like it was burning that long i don't think yeah, it didn't even up. look like it was on fire Ugh, um, I think it was just yeah smoking. like the, the source of the smoke was a little bit unclear but oh it doesn't matter i was just upset about that but it's like she has this incredibly loud smoke alarm it's for and, the vibrations right yeah and, so. and um they tell us that it, I guess, makes the house vibrate because she was saying, you know, she can't hear. So if there's ever a fire and she's sleeping, that she needs to be able to feel those vibrations. Likewise, it's flashing this great white beam of light. Yeah, the things you don't even think about as someone who can hear. But Sarah invites her to movie night and she makes a point of saying, oh, my boyfriend John will be back later. He's not there now, but he'll be back later and you can watch it with us. But she has to work on her new novel. And then the next scene is Maddie cleaning up her dinner and Sarah's at the window like, help me all bloody. And I was like, no, come on. That's so sad. I really liked her. But that's what I mean. Like, clearly that's really good writing because what we saw her for all of one minute maybe maybe two and you're i mean i already liked her a ton 
I was like, you could have killed her like that in Midnight Mass. I would have been happy. <laughs> but no. Yeah, and this is the part where it's a really interesting shot because she was like working on the computer or something like that. And we get this frantic neighbor screaming and pounding on her door and she can't hear any of this but as we saw maddie clean up in the kitchen when her phone goes off she's able to i don't know either she's just periodically checking her phone or when she gets a text she feels that vibration where i was like wouldn't you feel the pounding you know you're like boom 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 help 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 that's true screaming screaming and we start to really learn about the killer because he seems to be we we definitely don't know his motive and throughout the film it's not really at least explained or i th i thought there was enough there to just assume that he's a dick and he just does this because he likes it the way that he said that this is a game and the notches on his arrow crossbow the vibe i got so as we start to see the killer, if we put ourselves like in his shoes, I wonder if he saw if he saw Sarah and Maddie talking because he he clearly enjoys watching her throughout the film and followed Sarah home and then attacked her. Like, what did Sarah do? What did John do? It doesn't seem like it's like a revenge type thing. Much more like opportunistic, stalkery, and. Sarah runs to Maddie's house and she's pounding and pounding and Maddie doesn't know this and we see poor Sarah get killed and in this process we see the killer see Maddie and you can kind of tell I don't know maybe it's like the dog thing when somebody like turns their head and it's like huh yeah like hey why why isn't she reacting and at first he's even like just like giving it a gentle yeah and it's like nothing gets bolder and bolder and I'm guessing at this point he must be like she can't hear it's not like she had headphones on or something like in other movies where somebody's getting killed and they're listening to music or or watching a movie yeah i simultaneously love and hate that mask it it's doing some interesting things to the human face i feel like i got contemplative boredom or even if this is possible like bored yet curious i don't know just because like his eyes are so like what's going on and then that that smile of the mask is just like a complacent little shit. Yeah, and I, I think online some people were kind of comparing it to like the modern day Michael Myers where it's like almost expressionless, but like you say, like but there's a, a smile it's, to it. Yeah, it's so But weird. it's like this plain white, not much is there, but the actor does a really good job at conveying some of his thoughts with just his body movement. Yeah, so she gets on a FaceTime call with her sister. I think it's her sister. That's mm. the vibe I got. Uh, I guess an ex-boyfriend keeps texting slash calling. And now that I think about it, I'm like, what was the point of that? Was that just to, for her, for when she was like, oh, my boyfriend's coming. And then the killer could be like, no, he's not. I heard you say that you don't have a boyfriend. Yeah. I don't know. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, I didn't really see a need for Craig but to be calling her but didn't she like call him first yeah and yeah. then he when he was calling her back she's like oh shit no shouldn't have done that yeah we all make mistakes it's fine so she's having this conversation with her sister and he sneaks in and steals her phone while she's doing so and her sister sees something but you know nothing and she's like oh it was the cat she's a cat named bitch <laughs> but yeah he takes her phone and the sister's like oh i'm here to distract you from writing i'm here to call and i was like but the call lasts like 
a minute. What ta- What was that? They covered so much territory in that like one minute, 30 second phone call. I'm like, if I ever had a conversation like that with my family member, I'd be like, what the hell just happened? They're like, how are you doing? How's the book? Why aren't you with anyone? Oh, you're on a dating site? That's great. Why don't you move back to the city? Mom misses you. Oh, you're out here in this isolated area all by yourself. Okay, bye. Oh, and here's your childhood nickname. Bye. And I'm like, whoa, I got whiplash. Exposition dump, just so that we can get to know Maddie a little yeah, bit more. Yeah, for sure. But I was just, it was funny because then I sat and I thought about that for a moment. And I was like, God, my brain would be scrambled if I ever had a conversation like that. I feel like I'd be thinking, what the hell just happened? I'm like, good, good for her for getting on, you know, some sort of like, dating or like social interaction putting herself out there but i thought it was funny that she was like there's like four people in this area and i'm not interested and i was like, just yeah could you imagine if you go somewhere you're like there's only four possible patrons that you can patrons know. i was just imagining like 50 year old men with beer bellies and she's like no thanks because <laughs> she like lives in the woods i'm stereotyping sorry anyways I guess they can all be uh, Stephen King because there's a lot of uh, name drop in there. Like we see his book, his Mercedes or whatever. And people were saying like, I don't know if he had like a short story that was similar or, or like the directors were kind of like tipping their hats to Stephen King. Well, the director Mike Flanagan is, has adapted some of his work before. So he did Gerald's Game and and doctor sleep so when the killer just like casually lets himself into her home to take her phone that was so frightening it was good though because it's like there's no like you said no musical cue or sting it's just so scary how casual everything in this movie happens like all the terror is just so matter of fact she gets this notification on her computer uh, a text from herself and there are pictures of herself and oh my god i cannot imagine the fear i would feel if I received any photo of myself, like me just at my computer working one night and I just get like a photo of that. Yeah. That's horrifying. Well, first off, they'd be on my roof. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> that? Mm -mm. Yeah, I mean, that, that that's incredibly daunting. And the cool part is they chose to keep us in the loop of what Maddie's doing. So we didn't hear the door open. We didn't hear the footsteps. They didn't change the vantage point to the killer where Let's say we see him walking through the hallway and he sees her talking to the sister and grabs the phone. So like from an audience point of view, we really didn't know any of that. When the sister says, oh, I saw something, I think that's our cue. Like, oh, what was that him? I think we saw his hand grabbing the phone, just like a cut of his hand. I could be wrong. I don't know. I kept I kept cross contaminating this with uh, your next. Oh. I think it was the crossbow. Yeah. A young, a young ingenue killer with a mask. Um, mm -hmm. There's definitely a lot of similarities between your next and this film. I, I couldn't remember if there's another killer too. I think I, in my brain was like, is John the other kid? Not like, actually, is John the other killer? But I remember someone else showed up and I was like, oh, is that the second killer who showed up? Because you're next. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, no, it's just John. Just John. And the other thing the killer chooses to do so is not only does he just like scare her freak her out puts her in this high alert state but immediately after he kind of like shows himself he's like hey i'm over here because she she kind of like gets up and as soon as she looks around 
she finds him where like that was an amazing reveal the doors open and she's like slowly rounding the corner and you expect oh the doors just there's not going to be anyone there it's that typical like oh who's out there no no he's just standing there stock still just waiting and then like the i have your phone so good Yeah, like he's clearly taunting her and this is where like i think it's atypical of some of the other horror films where maybe they take the stalking a little bit more where she's like looks around there's nothing there where's my phone it's missing but no sign of anything and here they choose that almost anticlimactic reveal because it isn't like a boom there there's the killer surprise it's just like whoa he's just right there no the boom is like your own heart being like boom because you saw someone there <laughs> but then i laughed so hard because uh you know he did this whole like ooh, i'm so intimidating and spooky i'm just chilling here right here with your phone and then she runs for the door and he does too but she beats him to the door i'm like how you idiot but i'm like you how like, do you beat him to the door you were right next to it i know but like you set up this whole cool scary scenario and then you couldn't even pull it off <laughs> dumbass <laughs> yeah and that's something i feel like he wanted her to do mm -hmm. but i guess like public service announcement if you're gonna be alone in the woods like lock your doors but yeah, that's the if, whole point if you're of, in a rural area sure um that's the whole point of being alone in the woods you can leave your doors unlocked i guess so but. i'm kidding so yeah he starts pacing around the house and she's like following him around too and i'm like this is a very intimate killer because we're making a lot of eye contact here and i am not comfortable with it but i was like i guess Good for her for following him around to see what he's up to. I feel like I would just pull up in a corner with some weapons and wait. And I know that's like something she can't do at the end, but I feel like it's only something she can't do at the end because she is losing a lot of blood. So she had done it at the beginning. That was always my plan. Grab that friggin' wasp spray. I told you that when I saw not got knocked out of her uh, kitchen sink counter. How far of a spray length? 20 can, feet. Yeah, you can keep some distance between you and that killer and perfect perfect weapon good to go yeah and so some of the decisions that she makes makes me wonder okay like would i do that would i not what would i do in those situations what do other characters do but i feel like if i ever found myself in a place where there's somebody out there who's like clearly messing with me she hasn't discovered that her neighbor's dead yet so it's like you don't know if they're burglars versus a murderer yeah i feel like at this point, lock the doors, get yourself to somewhat of a secluded, safe spot in the house, and like call the police. She ends up spending minutes of like running around, and I guess kind of like good for her because he's walking around the house, and I guess every time he gets to a door, she has to like run and lock it before he does, which I'm like. If you're inside, I would imagine that you can run through like the four sides of the house much faster than somebody running around the perimeter of the house. Yeah, hopefully. But it's something where they want to show us like, okay, if she locks everything and he's just kind of like walking around, it's not as impactful as he's running for the door and she like barely locks it, right? Sure, of course. Um, but at the same time, it's like, okay, we see her grab a knife, we see her try to grab something to defend yourself with and then 
that's when I started thinking like, what would I use? Like, okay, we, we have kitchen knives. We have, we don't have a meat cleaver. Like, uh, back we don't have meat that cleaver. meat hammer. As you, um, <laughs> we have not gotten a meat cleaver since you're next. No, so there yeah. you go. But like that, that even that girl from like you're next where she was like, oh, I grew up in some survivalist camp and I'm going to set all these boo-boo traps. If, boo-boo like, traps. Oh. boo-boo traps that's so much better yeah because they make you they give you boo-boos they give you boo-boos um that's so but amazing. even like in home alone that little kid is like setting up all these traps for it if someone's continuing to pursue like make it very inconvenient for them you know make the floor slippery make where, where i was like geez put some i don't know oil or something that might be flammable or flour as well, you found yeah. out i was thinking if i'm running through my kitchen somebody's chasing me and i grab flour and i throw it in their face and they're like oh i can't see it's like oh great and then i was like oh but if there's fire i was like would would flour ignite is that flammable and apparently like if you get it in a dust the the flour dust it will ignite so if you're ever in that situation i guess it uh you know start a house fire yeah well i mean he ends up cutting the power right when she's like oh now i should call the cops and it's like, she doesn't have her phone, but she has her computer, and then the power goes out, so no Wi-Fi. Can't. No Wi-Fi. So she's like, oh, let me tap into the, the neighbor's Wi-Fi, which I'm like, good for her, because I, I don't Those think I would have thought of that. jerks had it locked. Because then even the killer's like, oh, there's another Wi-Fi, and they had their password, and I was like, shit, I don't know my neighbor's, like, Wi-Fi password. One of the first rules of survival, they always say, like, stay put and let someone know where you're at. So it's like, okay, yes, you don't want to start a house fire, but if your house is on fire, someone's going to come. Yeah, but what if, okay, so you try and wait it out, then you have maybe too much smoke inhalation, die, and I mean, pass out and then die in the fire, or you run outside because the fire is spreading and then the killer gets you. Yeah. It's not ideal. Well, it's not ideal at the same time. And I forgot where I had heard this. There was a... I think it was Falling Skies. It was a, a show of like alien invasion. And there was a, a history teacher where he clearly had studied battles. And it's like, you don't need to defeat your enemy. You just need to make it so inconvenient for them to not want to be there. Isn't that like Russian troops did with Napoleon? They kept retreating into Russia and then they French froze. I don't know. I guess I don't know my Napoleon Russian history that well. That is inconvenient. It's like if you, I mean, not not to say that she had it, but like if there's a whole bunch of bugs, rats, mosquitoes in the area, it's like if you're a killer, it's like, do you want to be there? Like, I wouldn't want to be there. Or the mass murderer taken out by mosquitoes. He's yeah, like, well, nah. You know, the gnats and all that. If it smells, if it's gross, high humidity. I don't know live in the south but after the killer cuts the power she writes a message to him on the window she's big glass doors which you know i have said i loved in the past still love them yeah and people in the woods love their glass doors yeah because no one's around it's amazing until the killer shows up anyways but she's like i haven't seen your face i won't tell and then this was so menacing because he reads the message and then he's like whoop well You've seen it now. Big reveal. Sick neck tat, bro. Neck tat. Yeah, and similar to The Strangers, it's like here once again, like a little bit of the sound makes it seem like 
it's going to be a reveal, but it's not. Like, they don't know each other. In other movies, it's like, it was you. You're the one that's doing this. It's like, does she know him? Is it some, like, crazy fan that's like, oh, I love your work, so I want to meet you type stuff? But it's like, no, it's just some random dude who loves doing this, like, power play. Yeah. Because he is talking to himself throughout the film because he knows that she can't hear him. But he's like, I can kill you whenever I want. And I want to play this game. Yeah, he says, I can come into your house whenever I want. And when you wish you were dead, then I'll come in. And I was like, okay, Joffrey, calm down. <laughs> Fucking creep. <laughs> But clearly it's a, it's a the the power. Yeah. He's like, oh, I'm in control. I decide your fate type stuff. Yeah. Well, if you were in the situation, what would you write on the glass door? Well, she also wrote that, well, I wouldn't write anything on the glass door. I wouldn't try. Listen, my antisocialness extends to trying to save my <laughs> life with murderers. I told you I would grab that wasp ray. I don't know. Like, I don't. So you wouldn't write. Like, I, I think where you were going was the. She also wrote that the boyfriend's coming home. Well, I guess it's like, make him think that someone's coming. Like, yeah. I got through to the police before you cut the power. I have heard that when you're being attacked, one line of defense is to say, like, your name, talk about your family, like, humanize yourself to this person. And yes, yeah, so that's probably something I should actually do. But uh, I don't know. I'm like, oh, what if he doesn't like my handwriting? He's like, what a loser. What is this? Girls. St- no, I'm kidding. I'm joking. I don't know. What would I say? I'd say, I bought this home for a reason. To be left the fuck alone. You're disturbing my work process. You cut off my weefy. I, I don't know. I wouldn't write anything. All right. That's fair. But yeah, so she does write that her boyfriend will be there soon. And then this is when he... He's kind of like, oh, can you read lips? She's like, yeah. And he recites word for word the conversation that she had with her sister, even getting her pet, her child name right. And I was like, her nickname right? And I was like, wow, that is quite a memory on you, sir. You just heard that conversation? I mean, it's like when you hear a conversation anywhere, how how likely are you to take in all the details? And then to even get the, the nickname right, I'd be like, Squatch? Squisher? What did she call you? I don't remember. I was like, put that memory to good use stop killing people yeah and i'm like why do you reveal that you can read lips you should have been like look confused like even if you can read lips well, like, she just communicate it with him so unlike me she's probably thinking that maybe she can talk to him and come to some kind of arrangement where he doesn't where he just goes away because i, I don't think she so. knows that he's a murderer yet so going back to my hiding in a corner with a wasp <laughs> tactic i was thinking about our own setup and i was like oh yeah every room does have windows and i was like is that a fire safety hazard thing because thinking about all the homes that i've lived in or been to yeah like everything has a window so not great in terms of holding up i guess great in terms of escaping from a fire because <laughs> if you look at the size of the house it seems pretty big and i'm like okay he can i guess see through the windows and kind of gauge like okay is she on this side of the house or that side of the house but if you're in there and you're like, I'm going to lock every single door from the outside, lock all the windows, but then lock every single bedroom door, bathroom door, closet door, and then like pick one room to hide. Even if you're in like a six bedroom house, because the place looks big. Yeah. Pick a room to hide. How long would it take for the guy to like actually find you? 
And granted, it's like, okay, how would you get help or like how would someone come? But I'm like, how long is the guy going to tear down through every single door before he finally finds you? And then it's like, how thorough would he have to be? Yeah, I mean, I guess she doesn't know what type of guy he is, but also it is at the end of the day, a finite amount of space. If he's willing to look through the whole house, he's gonna find her unless she keeps moving, but she doesn't really have sound on her. She doesn't have sound on her side, so she's gonna have to be extra careful. But yeah, I did write, it feels like they're two magnets because they're always like where the other person is, even when they're not necessarily aware. But it's at this point that she sees his shadow. She's hiding next to a window because I was like, he starts knocking, but which he keeps doing throughout the whole movie. And I'm like, sir, why are you knocking? I don't think you, this is as scary as you think it is. Like, you're an idiot. But she sees the shadow of someone at the window and she goes to look and it's actually, he has her dead friend Sarah up knocking on the window, which is fucked up. But now she knows what he's capable of. And it was funny, I know it's morbid, but it was funny because she like kind of shuts off and she turns away and walks away. And his expression in the back was so funny. He's like, hey, hey look at me, look at me. He's like, that's not the response I wanted. Yeah, Yeah, I think she does something to distract him so she can try and, she turns the car alarm on so she can try and get to the phone that her friend, that Sarah had. There was a booty scene earlier in the movie where we see that Sarah keeps her phone in her back pocket. So, I mean, good for her to like even know, because that's something I wouldn't have thought of, but she's very clever at getting him to go to a certain spot in the house because she turns on the alarm and it's like okay good like if a neighbor hears it and let's say it's on for a long time they might be like what is going on although living in the city i've heard car alarms and i'm not like oh someone needs help i'm like dude shut off your (laughs) shut off your alarm like what is going on here it's at night too that's yeah i'm not just Um, rude and so when he goes to the front of the house or whatever, she opens the window and searches her friend's pockets to see if she can find the phone. Which she, I don't know, what are you doing? She took so long, she doesn't find it, he comes back, so he goes to come into the the window and she slams the window on his fingers, and I was like, oh, nice. And then I was like, oh, not so nice, because then he starts lifting it up, and then she stabs him in the arm with like a screwdriver, like, oh, never mind, nice again. But like she runs outside at one point to just immediately almost get shot in the head by an arrow and then turn right back around and run back in. And I was like, I guess this is why I would die in a horror movie because I wouldn't go outside or I would stay in too long or I'd go out at the wrong time. I have no spontaneity, no ingenuity and no bravery. (laughs) But I'm like, like, that scene really bugged me because I'm like, okay, if you're going to make the decision I'm going to make a run for it. Then run. <laughs> and then you run. And then, okay, I guess it's a 50-50 shot of, do I get shot or does he miss? Mm-hmm. And he misses. And then she's like, let me just stare at the arrow by the tree and be like starstruck, giving him enough time to like reload his crossbow. And then she's like, let me run back inside the house. You already know he has a crossbow because he shot it at the wall before. But it's like whoa, he missed, 
And I, I don't know if the common person knows that you need to reload a crossbow or not, but I'm like, well, we know now that that gives you some time to like continue running because he needs to stop and like yeah. do a deadlift or whatever to reload that thing where it's like put some distance between you two. And like, you know, the number one survival tip we got from Zombieland is like do a little cardio. If you're a marathon runner and you just run 26 miles, this is what I mean by making it inconvenient for your attacker. Is the killer going to chase you for those, let, let's say you run a mile. Is is he going to run a mile too? Like We do find out later too that he's a smoker, so she probably would have fared well. Right, then, then that's what I mean. Honestly, I think it was just, you know, we well, have yeah. this movie, we got to fill some time. Well, well, that and, you know, like I'm, I'm sure the budget for this film isn't that great. The whole movie takes place in this house. There's like four actors yeah when i'm thinking of like the survival and what some of these characters would do or should do like she's incredibly smart and like i said she <laughs> she figures out ways to get him to do things but then she does one thing and then does the opposite i right mean away. to be fair if i w <laughs> it's so windy to be fair if i ran out of a house and someone shot at me i might not be thinking so straight I do have the terrible fight, flight, or freeze response. I think I'm more of a freezer, so I think I would freeze, get shot, or like panic and run back inside. So fair, but it it was so funny because then in the next scene, she's climbing out of the window onto the roof, and I was like, "Yes, of course. If the front door didn't work, an escape from the roof will surely help me get past him this time." But I think it's actually too. Is this when she throws the flashlight into the woods? Yeah. Okay. At first, I was like, what an idiot. Because A, didn't you hear the it flying through the woods from the direction of the house? Or B, it's like, do you think that's someone else that you have to go and kill? Like, it's not her. But I think he knew it was a diversion because he pretends to go over and check it out. Because then as she's trying to get down, right, he like is there all of a sudden. And she does some Matrix moves. He shoots, he shoots his arrow and she's like... Phew! Girl, you cannot run him. You're so fast. Lightning fast reflexes. But it was kind of, it was kind of funny because she, I don't know, she like punches him or something. She gets his crossbow and I was like, what did you expect? Because he had to climb up the lattice to get to her. And I was like, what did you expect? She had the higher ground. Yeah, Give I, mean, up, that, I that, that was kind of like a, a dumb move on him. But doesn't he shoot her in the leg though? Like before... Yeah, he does shoot her in the leg. And then I think he misses the second shot. And she gets the crossbow after that. But I was like, I don't know. I feel like she's trying to reload it. But I was kind of like, just beat him over the head with it. Not like, something. I'm not reloading that thing. I've tried to reload some, reload. I've tried to load some, what, recurved bows? Is that what you call them? God, it's hard. Yeah, some of them are like, you know, 50, 60, 70 pounds of strength it. that you need to do a full draw. And like... This thing, and, and I think we get a scene of him loading it where it's like you have to put your feet yeah. on the bottom and you got to use like both hands. Kind of like, I don't know if you're if you're a deadlifter person, then I guess you can probably do it. But, you know, she's shot in the leg and she's trying to pull that string back and she doesn't have the strength to do that. And I feel, I feel like it keeps snapping too, which is like, oh, so awful. I have again, around this point, I'm thinking, haha, he's so bad at making it in time to doors and windows. I guess he tried to get in again and didn't. Yeah. <laughs> God, he's so funny. <laughs> Sorry, he's not funny, but 
It is kind of funny. But she looks at his crossbow, and he has his tally marks, I assume, from, like, people he's killed before, which is horrific, but I'm like, what a weird tally system, because he has, like, five and five, two lines over here, right? And then one over here. Sir, do you not know how and why we do it in that manner? Like, do you not understand the grouping? The one on the left was the first, and that's always going to be a... Don't give him rationale. <laughs> Continuity error, perhaps? They're like, just do some just do some marks on the, the bow. Can you imagine? They're like, oh, hey, um, someone in the art department just tallied up his crossbow, and they did that, and they're like, who? Jared? Who the fuck tallies like this, Jared? It's already done. God damn it, Jared. No, don't fucking paint over it. They're gonna be able to tell. God. Who let Jared do this? Sorry, anyone named Jared? That name just popped in my head. <laughs> so John shows up, and this is Sarah's boyfriend. Johnny boy. And he's like knocking on the door, and the killer's hearing it. And yeah. he's like, oh, someone's here. He was looking for Sarah, and I guess he's like, oh, she must be here. But I'm like, dude, her house is like pitch black. Shouldn't you be like, hey, something's up. Let me try calling. Because um, in the scene where the killer shows Maddie like, hey, I have Sarah's phone. I don't remember if he ends up breaking it. But I'm like, wouldn't you try calling the phone, calling her phone, and then listening for it rather than just pounding on the door? But then the killer comes by and he acts like a cop. But he's dressed in civilian clothes. And I guess it's, you know, it's the middle of the woods and it's dark. And when someone's shining a light on you, you can't really see. But even John's like, are you a cop? And John's a real big guy. He's real tall. Yeah, he's like a jock dude, buff, buff dude. But I'm like, read our... the situation, John. Like, yeah, it's hard to know. Like, eventually, because at first I was like, oh, that's really smart of the killer, because the killer is a, a smaller man, especially than Johnny makes a point of saying it later. Yeah, so at first I'm like, that's really smart of the killer to do, but then the conversation just goes on forever and i'm like are we doing a who's on first bit like this is an unending conversation what is going on and i was like john okay now you've had enough time to get over your shock and understand but he does like he does know that that's not a cop oh also i think it's because when the killer asks for his phone to call for backup and then he pockets it that's that's very shady yeah and john's like can I have my phone back? And when he hands it back, he had taken Sarah's earring. I suppose he likes to take memorabilia from his of victims course. and it fell out and John had seen that. So he knew take something. Take the cues, John. He knew. He, he could knew. have been like, all right, well, I guess my girlfriend's not here. Catch you later. Like, Well, he grabbed a rock. He was all ready to yeah, smash Yeah, but like, why? What, you're going to take this dude on? Like, Yeah, John's big. That was the whole point of the killer. The killer was like, that's why I pretended to be a cop and to disarm you because you're big enough. He even says after he kills him, oh, he kills him. Spoiler. Uh, he's like, yeah, I never would have won in a one-to-one -one with you. Yeah. Because, oh my God, Maddie, the only time I'm like, Maddie, why? He, uh, John's about to smash him over the head with a rock, creeping up on him. And then Maddie's like, bang, 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 bang. bang. Oh, hi, John. You want to come in for some pie? She didn't say that. <laughs> In case you were curious, that's not what she said because she doesn't say anything. But she was thinking it. Yeah, I'm sure. Want some burnt lamb that your girlfriend threw some all this water wet, on? Burnt 
lamb. Perfect. Delicious. But yeah, uh, oh, it was so sudden and so good and quiet again, I think. I think we have, like, a close-up of just John's face and all, like, the corner of the frame. Oh, it's gross. Yeah, it was like an in and out, like... So thin. Like, it happens so fast that John doesn't even, like, register it, so... Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then he goes down, but he... Good on John, he keeps fighting, like, he keeps trying to kill him, and and the killer does choke him out, I guess, choke him to death. So he did have to go hand-to-hand with him in the end. I'm like, geez, John, you could have gone out. Like, I was wondering, like, if John did leave, would he look at his phone? Because we did see the killer, like pretend or actually call someone because i was like who did he call where i'm like could you have seen like hey you didn't actually call anyone like if, if he saw like his phone history or something i was thinking can you imagine you know how you can see like the screen a little bit when someone's on a yeah. call and he like turns and he sees this like completely dark he's like yeah. this asshole isn't calling anyone right. and, and so i'm like you could have been like all right see ya 911 i guess another psa if you ever hit your power button multiple multiple times it automatically calls 911 so no then experience. i found out thinking i was lowering the volume on my phone but it's like call don't say anything like the cops would have to show up right I don't know, did they show up when you didn't say anything? Well, I, I answered because I, I was like, kidding. I didn't want to not answer. Jorge's on the phone like, hey, sorry, I accidentally yeah, called Yeah, I was like, cops. so, uh, yeah, I accidentally called you. But at the same time, I'm like, what if this was an emergency and someone like called 911 and I was the killer and I took the phone and I'm like, oh, yeah, false alarm. Sorry, this is not an emergency. No need to send someone. Like, we're good. And they're like, all right, yeah, no worries. Because no cop showed up. After after I did that, I mean, I, I guess at the same time, somebody wasn't screaming in the background saying, help, help, help. And I'm like, oh, no, I'm watching a scary movie. <laughs> and they're like, all right, well, oh, whoa, yeah. what, what movie is that? We're all busy. Right. Oh, so... I've seen that one. Yeah. Is that on Netflix? Like, <laughs> so <laughs> great. I'm just like, call someone, people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they handled the phone situation well enough, in my opinion, in this movie. I wrote, sorry, John, my bad. Your neighbor. Yeah. Maddie. Your, your old neighbor. Because you're like, dead now. Maddie, what the hell were you thinking? Like, what did you think was going to happen? She was probably just trying to warn him. Like, hey, that guy's not good. I mean, how they- do you how do you do that without like, I guess maybe she's like, oh, I didn't think he was going to stab you. Yeah. But- they were like, run. She's like, I have his crossbow. He's not going to shoot him with a crossbow. And John's a big guy. So if he punches him, I'm sure John can take him out. I guess so. Just trying to help, but didn't. Yeah, he, uh, the killer even is like, even says like, oh, this is actually all thanks to Maddie. Thanks, thanks, girl. Thanks for helping me out. Kill this, this big guy. But then we get a scene of Maddie running out of the, just making a run for it. And she's been shot in the leg, so she's hobbling. And the killer catches up to her and just bashes her head in. And I completely forgot about this. I was like, wait, what? This doesn't happen. But she's a writer. With multiple endings to her novels, she can't pick endings. She has a hard time. That sounds like a Stephen King reference too. Anyways, ah, so that was an ending in her head, and it does not end well. So then we get this whole sequence of her talking to herself with voice. So I, I didn't like it that much. I don't know. It felt a little like. Mm. <laughs> But she runs through all the scenarios, and she's like, you can't run, you can't hide, and you can't wait. Though I don't know how hiding is different from waiting, but sure. Because she's gonna, he's gonna catch her and kill her if she runs. She's gonna 
Yeah, exactly. That's not like, what's the difference between hiding and waiting? Either way, she's going to bleed out and die. So, do the one thing he doesn't expect, which I guess is attack him. Which I'm like, he should expect that by now. <laughs> but I mean, like, she does kind of wait. I know. I know. So, yeah, like, I it's agree not with like that. she's like, hey, let's go one-on-one, you and me, like, let's do this. Um, yeah, and he's he's outside and he's he's talking to the cat and he's like, gonna go to kill the cat and i was like really you're gonna kill a cat you're such a loser but then you get shot with an arrow guess someone figured out how to load the bow finally finally i would never be able to i mean i would be able to figure it out i just wouldn't don't know if i'd be able to physically load it yeah but i'm like get some leverage i don't know figure out a way to get something else to do the strength one thing i didn't actually pick up on till I started, you know, re- doing some research on this film is that people thought it was really clever when they chose her to be mute and deaf, but they also tell us that it happened at 13 due to some meningitis infection. Yeah, that's so, what it said. But it was like, if she was like deaf her whole life, what would the voices in her head actually sound like? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's kind of like when they say, how would you describe color to somebody who's been blind their whole life? But this happened when she was 13, so that's still old enough to remember what sound and what people's voices sound like. Because even when she was talking to her sister or Sarah, she was like, oh, the voice in my head sounds like my mom. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it was really cool just to kind of get that when the research was coming in, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to being like, oh, what would those voices sound like? That actually reminds me of something that I forgot to bring up. Uh, when John and the killer having a, a conversation, he asks, and we have been told already through the back of her book, through the neighbor, that, yeah, she could hear and speak, but then she got sick at 13. But the killer asked John, has she always been deaf and mute? And I was just thinking, is that a normal thing to ask about deaf or and mute people? That seems a little odd to me, no? I don't think I would ever be like, Oh, have you always been like this? Does that seem appropriate? <laughs> it seems a little invasive. I don't know. I was just like, okay. Yeah, and it's that scene that really makes me question what the killer's motives or um, it really showcases his curiosity because mm. it's, it's not one of these where it's like he's just opportunistic and he's there so he wants to kill her. It's like if you really follow this cat and mouse it's like the cat just wants to play with the mouse until the mouse dies and it's now he's like i want to know more about this mouse because he's like sorry that doesn't remind me i've literally seen that happen yeah my cat one time that way back years ago we were like sitting outside eating and it came up and had a mouse and my cat kept releasing it and then catching it again i was like whoa that's Booked up. but i'm also like not gonna get in between that situation and then he eventually killed it yo my cat is sadistic it started hitting it like come on run away and then it would like toss it and then like chase it i'm like it's dead <laughs> <laughs> sorry that was like wow that's that's how cats play the monster holy crap yeah because when the killer's asking john Just like uh, more so like personal questions about her. And then that's why I'm like, John, is this what a cop would ask you? Like, because he does. I feel like it would be normally like, okay, who else lives here? No one. 
oh, does she have a boyfriend, family around? Like, I feel like that would be normal. But when he goes into her, like, disability, I'm kind of like, okay, that's that's a little bit much. But who knows? Know. People are weird. Um, but that's what I mean about, like, the killer. Oh, I wonder how much he knew about Sarah. Mm. Or, like, wanting to know about Sarah versus this one where he's much more curious because he was tapping and she can't hear. Yeah. Like, it makes him more interesting. If he is a bit of a stalker before he goes in for the kill, it's like then he should have known who John was, and at least of John, and that's why he attacked when he did, because he probably knew that John would be out. Yeah, it's interesting how much he, he knew coming into this situation. Yeah, and I, I also thought, and the movie doesn't really do anything about it. It's like, they also didn't know each other. Because like in your next, like the killer and then some of the victims were like, oh, we were trying to do this for money. And so the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, do, are they going to know each other? Are they going to do this thing where like, oh, he's going to kill you. And then it's like, oh, surprise. It's the scream where there's two killers and now we're both going to get you type thing. Maybe. After Maddie shot him with an arrow, he starts coming for her and she runs back to the house. I don't even know how she didn't close the door in time. Oh yeah, she dropped an arrow. I'm like, he's gonna be close range. You don't need that arrow anymore. Anyways, he finally makes it to the door in time and it is unfortunate. <laughs> he stomps, he like Yeah, and this is like the head, cringiest like stomps her fingers to their like And you hear <gasps> like everything and cause at first he like slams the door on her hand and he's just like I guess continuously applying pressure to her hand and she's already in agony but when he stomps on the hand uh like even me like for the rest of the movie I was like it'd be like this big shot and if her hand was in frame like all like that I was like that's all I could see is that hand because <laughs> she, she ends up retreating or just like crying because I'm like where would I put my hand I wouldn't want to lift it because I feel like that would hurt. And I don't want to put it down because I feel like... bump into things and make it that, hurt worse. That's going to hurt. And I'm just like, oh, how do you... Yeah. It's bad. But she's a badass and she writes on the window in blood, her own blood from her arrow yeah, wound in her like, leg. I was Let like, me finger paint with some thigh blood. Don't stick your finger in that hole. Stop it. But she writes, because I think he's like, I'm going to come in now, blah, 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 I'm over this. Because he's been hurt a bunch too. And she writes, do it, coward. <laughs> but I so wanted her to write, bitch. Yeah. Because that was the name of her cat and they've said it multiple times. So now she decides to do my, my plan and hole up and wait in a bathroom. Oh my gosh. But like, here's the thing. Now you're more hurt and you're still losing blood so waiting you're like hiding slash waiting which you said you couldn't do anyways you're hiding in the bathroom sure you locked the door whatever there your back is to the window why would you ever do that like pick a vantage point where you can see both the door and the window what do you put your back against something solid come on but it does make this scene so creepy and so good because we don't hear anything and it's out of focus too what's behind her so you see like shimmering light you're like what the hell is that and then you see him his feet drop in out of focus still so you realize that was glass that had just broken and fallen through oh so good and then he's just like chilling in the bathtub right behind her yeah and then this is something where like okay why bring up the i can sense vibrations 
Oh, yeah. If, if all of a sudden you're like the numbest person in the world, we're like, okay, I feel like the broken glass all of us are going to hear, but like, wouldn't the pounding make some... And it's like, she has like her back to the bathtub where like, if somebody just dropped a bunch of... Wouldn't that like shake the ground? Because she's sitting down. Yeah. And I'm like, in other movies, someone like puts their head to the to the ground and you can feel other people walking around right like snakes can feel that because their bellies are on on the ground where it's like wouldn't you feel something to be like hey what's that well let's just say all the loss of blood and the throbbing pain in her hand now has yeah it has her her little senses why would you choose the place to the window which i'm like good for you guy to pick the one room in the whole house like how many windows did he break and he's like not here yeah in which case i'm like if if all he's gonna do is one quick glance like you do have that chance of i'm just gonna lock all the doors and hide in some room and then see if he can find me That's and he true. clearly finds her right away yeah but i mean as, as well as we know i guess she's not disconcerted enough to not hear a, or feel a breath on the back of her neck and i was like how bad do you have to be to not be able to kill someone when you are two inches from them and they don't know you're there. My God. Because well, then it goes. And but, you see her, her hair move in the back. And she's like, he's here. I don't believe in any of those tally marks anymore. This man is incompetent. <laughs> well, I guess the one for John and two for Sarah. Okay. But those weren't. Two. Well, I guess we didn't see them at. So no, we didn't I don't know think he did. Were... But yeah, she pulls another Matrix move. She like... She like dodges his attack. Turns around and like flips. So cool. She like flips the knife. But I was just like, since you referenced Zombieland already, please just double tap. What are we doing? She stabs him once, then bounces. But again, nobody listens to, listens to Tanya. I was like, hold up with that wasp spray. Took her till the end of the movie to hold up. Then she doesn't even do that right. But finally, we grab some wasp spray or like bug spray i don't know she goes to the kitchen and it looks like he follows after her and he sees her sitting on the floor and it seems like oh she's passed out but then she's like so creepy don't look at me like that and she sprays him in the eyes with the wasp spray which really uh doesn't actually seem to do that much because like he's very hurt at first but then the next scene he's like his eyes are wide open he's fighting with her tooth and nail and i'm like hmm, maybe that's why she didn't use the wasp spray right away maybe yeah my idea was terrible i thought it'd be i thought it'd be great but like during that time it's like okay he's he's in a much more vulnerable spot i'm sure you have other kitchen knives or or something else whack them break some ankles like (laughs) crush his hand do something and okay like if she's lost so much blood it seems like she was barely able to like squirt him with the aerosol can maybe she didn't have the strength but it's like at that point try to make it out of the house what are you gonna do because it's like it's like this roller coaster of her doing something and then all of a sudden she can't do anything If, if she can't leave the house how does she wrestle and fight with him right after then adrenaline i I guess so i mean it must be for the record i think the wasp spray would do a lot more so i'm still using it i'm like (laughs) i guess depending on what's in there but like like wouldn't wouldn't it make him blind that's what i thought so 
but after they fight for a bit, he has her on the floor and he's choking her. And uh, other people have said this as well, but I would just like to also ask this question. <laughs> Why is it when people are choking someone, they never see them reaching for the weapon just over here that they're going to stab them with? Is that a thing? Is that a real thing? I don't know. But yeah, she grabs that gnarly corkscrew and it's like, gross. Mm -hmm. Because it's like on her now. All his blood. <laughs> Nasty. That's it. But he dies, no? Well, yeah. Yeah, and then how did she... Oh, she grabbed John's phone to call the police, I assume. Uh, and Or maybe the killer had a phone after all. And she waits out on the porch with the her cat. to come. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I was thinking? I was like, what a weird guy, this killer. And I was like, what was his day-to-day -day like, I wonder? Is he one of those people with, like, just a normal office job, and then when it finally comes out what he's done, he's a serial killer? <laughs> Are we gonna have all those people that are like, I am just shocked. He was such a nice guy. He does have a neck tat. Okay, that's profiling. That's mean. Jeez, <laughs> I'm like, if you have a neck tat, you can't be good. You must yeah, be clearly. a murderer. You must be. I'm just kidding. Please don't murder me. <laughs> yeah, I had forgotten how, I guess, somewhat short this movie is. It's only like 80 minutes long or something. Well, because if it were longer, um, it'd probably be an absolute bore. Like, well, how yeah. many other and times would she leave the house just to go I, right back in I think other people it. were saying, like, this movie was already long for what it was. I mean, like, it's two hey. people in one house. Like, this isn't like the 10 people and you slowly start killing one by one. Yeah, but that's what good storytellers do. They take a circumstance that maybe wouldn't seem like the most interesting and they can make it interesting. And I thought it but was. I kept thinking like, okay, who did he call? And is somebody else going to come to finish the job? Like oh. when she came out? That would have been interesting. Where it's like, yeah, then, then it's like, what's the point of... Him borrowing John's phone to make a call and Because he like, tried nothing, to keep it. He tried to get it away from John. comes of it. <sighs> or he's always in it for that last final twist. Well, what I is mean, it? Well, that... Where the is last, it? The last the jump scare. The cat is the mastermind. The cat is so mad that she named it bitch. It's like, I'm going to hire someone to murder her. And when he fails, I'm going to do it myself. Yep. And then I'm going to eat her face. Yeah, wasn't that like some book, like your cat wants to kill you or something? Maybe, probably. I don't know, cat owners, <laughs> I'm sure, would know. Cats are wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, tell us your thoughts about the film and leave any suggestions for future films you want us to discuss. And thanks for hanging out. Thanks, everyone.